Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Scott Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. We want to give a big hand clap to our people watching us on podcast, vidcast. Give them a big hand clap right now. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget about our daily Bible show that me and my brother do. It's the number one daily Bible study on YouTube. So you go to YouTube, type in daily Bible study. We come up number one through like a thousand. And uh, we start your day off with a scripture. We pray over your day. But we give you some encouragement, some things to maybe apply to your life to make a difference in your life. So there were three uh, older men uh, sitting around. They're just grumpy and and grumbling and complaining. There was a 60-year-old, a 70-year-old, and an 80-year-old. And the 60-year-old says, oh, my gosh, this is the worst. 60 is the worst. He's like, I, I have so much trouble going number one. It's unbelievable how much trouble it is to go number one. And the 70-year-old said, you'd think that's hard. He's like, oh, my gosh. He's like, I have so much trouble going number two. He's like, it's unbelievable. It's the worst ever. 70 is the worst. The 80-year-old goes, oh, you, no, 80 is way worse. They looked at him. They go, well, do you have trouble, you know, going number one? He goes, no, not at all. I go every morning at 6 o'clock sharp. They said, well, what about number two? He goes, no, I go every morning at 6.30. It's no problem at all. They said, well, how in the world is it harder? He goes, well, I don't wake up till 7. <laughs> I apologize for that joke. Amen. Open up your Bibles to Romans 8, 5. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. All of heaven is rejoicing. We're in our, our series, uh, Blockbuster of the Mind. And it's kind of cool to think back to the Blockbuster era and the days and how nostalgic that time was when you go down and you, you pick out a movie. And the, the movie that you would bring home would have the impact of changing kind of the atmosphere of the home. If you brought a horror movie home, right, it's going to be a different atmosphere than if you brought a romantic comedy home or a good action or a sci-fi or whatever, whatever you choose to bring change the atmosphere. In the same way, the movie of your mind that you choose to play is changing the atmosphere of what's going on on the inside of you, right? How you respond, how you act, the movie that goes over and over in my mind is an attraction. It attracts like a magnet to what I'm thinking the most about. And so if I'm thinking about the stress and the worry and why today's not going to be a good day, I seem to attract everything that I need not to have a good day. But if I get up in the morning and I play the movie of this is the day that the Lord hath made, I'm going to rejoice, I'm going to be glad in it, I only play peace, I, I play things that inspire me, then all of a sudden I begin to attract to me everything that I need to have a good day. It's the power of what's going on in here and making sure that what's going on in here lines up with what the word says it should be. And here we see in Romans 8 verse 5, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set. Somebody say set. Okay, there's a set. I can set my minds on what the flesh desires, but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh 
takes it to destruction, but the mind governed by the spirit takes it to life and peace. God has a higher life that he wants us to live at. And he's saying to you and I that the movie that we set is going to impact that. It's either taking us higher or it's holding us down lower. And that we have the responsibility to set. I was thinking about that uh, last night when I was getting the Netflix. Holly was coming. We're going to watch a show together. And I'm going through all the different generos that they have. And what what am I going to put on? Because what I put on has a big impact. And I went through all and I settled on romantic comedy. And I felt like that was a good decision. Amen. I set the mood, the atmosphere of the home by what I decided to set the TV to play for the next two hours. And you set the atmosphere for your life, for your day, for your experience at the job or junior high, high schoolers, for your experience at the school by making sure that the movie that I have set to play in my mind is a movie that's taken me towards God. God's best in my life. Uh, in this series, I've been doing fun mom and dad stories, and uh, mom is just, she's every, she makes life fun. I said that the last time, and uh, she does. She makes it fun. Now, just so you know, my mom in her lifetime has never said a cuss word, ever. She's never said a cuss word. She is like pure as pure, but so on this, what makes this story funny is I get, a, I get a phone call from my mom. It was about almost 11 o'clock at night, and she's frantic. She's like, you have to come over right now, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? Mom, you all right? What's going on? She's like, just get in your car. Just get over here right now. We need your help right away. I'm like, what's going on? Is, is somebody sick? Is something going on? Are we going? She's like, no. She's like, I, I sent a text and I need you to come over and get it back. I said, you know that like there's not a mailman that delivered these like tomorrow or something. Like, you know, like it's not sitting in somebody's mailbox. I can't, I can't just go get the, the text, mom. What, what, what happened? So here she, she explains to me what happened. She's like, well, we had some elders in the church who had texted me and said, hey, we just feel on our heart to help you build the Sunday night service. And so my mom wanted to text this right here where it says, if you want, they throw this up. So her text was to be, this is what she wanted to say, if you want. But in the midst of, you know how it happens in texting? She forgot the I, so it, she put the F in, and then it, she, she just put in U, and hit send. So it said F U. So I like to play movies out in my mind, so I just picture this couple Right? They've been praying, they just got it, and they're like, we need, I feel like we need to help Pastor Maureen. And they're like, oh, why don't you text Pastor Maureen? I will. Hey, Pastor Maureen, we really want to help and inspire. And then they sat there and they're waiting for the response. Oh, here it comes, here it comes. It goes, F you. <laughs> Maybe we missed it. I don't know. <laughs> What you allow to play has a big impact. Do you, in your mind, I like to use 80s and 90s movies. Is it like Dumb and Dumber in your mind where it's kind of free and fancy free and it's kind of fun? Like life isn't, like you just make light of life and it's just kind of easy going and, and things just seem to fall off your back. Like here we go, the sea. Excuse me, Flo. <laughs> <laughs> like the TV show. <laughs> uh, 
What is the soup du jour? It's the soup of the day. Mm. That sounds good. I'll have that. <laughs> or is it more like attack of the killer tomatoes, where every thought that goes into your mind is an attacking thought? It's zing, zing, attack. Well, I don't know if this is going to happen. And what if my boss does this? And what if this person does? And what if this doesn't happen? And every thought that is going through your mind is a thought that seems to be attacking or, in a sense, trying to pull you down in the life that you are living? Or is it like the fugitive? In your mind, you're playing that sometimes you have a big problem, but I can overcome it. If I, if I get after it, and with God's help, that we can overcome this travesty, because sometimes life is not fair, and some unfair things happen. But you know what? If God is for me, what does it matter who is against me? I can overcome this. Come on, somebody in this house. Or is it more like this Tommy Boy click? Well, it's got to be on the map, Davenport, I mean, because you say it's 22 miles away. And you're really smart, yet it's not on the map. Hmm. I'm picking up your sarcasm. Well, I should hope so, because I'm laying it on pretty thick. Hey, why don't you pump any gas? They're all out. They only got diesel. Better go to the next station. What'd you do? <laughs> Come on, what do you do? Boss, what'd you do? Day, what'd you do? Parents, what'd you do? Is it just about blaming everything out there? And when it's everything out there, then if I don't have responsibility, there's nothing that I can change. In my mind, I like to think that I got either Miyagi or Yoda oftentimes talking to me, inspiring me, inspiring me to be better, to live life at a higher level. Here's a little Yoda for you. Always with you, what cannot be done. Hear you nothing that I say. You must unlearn what you have learned. All right, I'll give it a try. No, try not. Do or do not. There is no try. Come on, we do things, we apply things, we live life. Is that the voice you hear, or is it more like Fast Time in Ridgemont High? You got Spicoli telling you, dude, don't worry about it, dude. Just blow it off, dude. And today, we're going to be talking about this last clip. This is what I believe that I want you to have going on in your mind, but it's what I believe that oftentimes I play in my mind when I have a big obstacle in my life. Here we go. There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. What? When... somebody that is the voice we hear when do and today we're going to talk about in your mind making sure that you play the rocky type movie that attaches to us or it fills us up fuels us up with what i would say one of the most powerful things that god has 
given to you and I. It's this force that is available to us that motivates us. It drives us. If we got it working on the inside of us, we become an unstoppable force that nothing can seem to get in our way that we can't get to our purpose and to our destiny. But when we run out of fuel in this area and we don't have it going on in the inside of us, we become stopped and we're not progressing. We're not going forward. And there may be some of you here today it feels like your life has stopped and my life isn't going anywhere but I'm here to tell you today we're going to fuel you up and you're going to become an unstoppable force that is going to go forth towards God's best come on somebody in this house in your life We've always been going into a, 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 a teaching uh, of, of Jesus, like Pixar does, like we're doing little Jesus clips, uh, like the Pixar does to kind of set up the movie, create an atmosphere. Today we're going to be in John, or Luke 8, uh, verse 41. Throw that up there for me. There was a man, Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowd almost crushed him. Go to 49. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and said, your daughter is dead. He said, don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, do not be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except for Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her, and Jesus said, stop wailing. She is not dead, but she is asleep. Jesus brought this force that I'm talking about today, and that thing is hope. Hope is so powerful of what hope can do in the heart. It can spark something. You feel like I'm not going to go anywhere, but all of a sudden, like Rocky, that wind, and you could hear it in the music, and we all got excited because we are designed to be fueled by hope. And when we lose our hope, we lose that fuel on the inside of us, we seem to just stop and stay in place. But I'm going to show you today that we can operate, we can live with, we can have it, and we can give hope like Jesus Christ everywhere that Jesus went. He gave hope, did he not? He shows up on the scene. What's the first thing? My daughter's going to die. He gives hope. He shows up. My daughter's dead. And he gives hope. He 5,000 people show up without food. And what does he do? He gives hope. The disciples come to the bottom of the boat in the midst of a storm. We're going to die. Jesus gives hope. Even when Jesus died, his death gave hope. Everything that he did was all about infusing hope into the world that we live in. You and I. We're called to be Christ-like. We were called to give hope, to walk into wherever we're going and to infuse some hope into our office. We show up and people are down and they're mad and they're upset and we bring hope with us when we show up. You come home and to your family, you give hope, give an excitement that, that maybe we had a problem today, but today tomorrow's going to be a bigger and better day, that we serve a God of hope. Even some of you junior higher and high schoolers, you can give hope. You can come home and give some hope to mom and dad, some hope that you're going to get good grades, some hope that you're going to do the this. That you can give hope into the home, but you can give hope at the school when you look over and you see that kid that nobody's talking to who seems to be hopeless in their situation. You can simply walk over and have a little kind 
word and just talk to them and be a friend and offer some hope into their world, into their, their life. We have the opportunity to drive to the Starbucks and give them some hope. We can walk through the Walmart and give hope. We can be a person that everywhere we go, we are giving hope. You have a lottery ticket on the way in. You never thought that you'd get one here at any church. I got this from, uh, me and Holly started watching the new show called The Rookie, and uh, we're really liking it. It's about a, an older gentleman who, midlife or whatever, decides he wants to be a police officer, and so he be, he's a rookie. And one of his first tasks, I think it was episode one or two, he's up on top of the Hollywood sign, and a lady's going to jump. And... Uh, his job is to talk her down, and so he pulls out his wallet, and, and uh, he gives her a lottery ticket. And she's like, what is this going to do? He goes, you know what? I was in a similar situation as you are now, where I didn't have any hope. He said, but I just happened to look, and this lottery ticket seemed to just give me some hope. That I have some hope. Maybe I'll win. Maybe something will happen. He said, and it wasn't a lot of hope, but it was just enough hope to get me keep going until I pressed through the bad time that I felt that I was in, and now I'm all full of hope. And I thought, what a great idea that, of course, our hope is not in a lottery ticket, but I'm going to show you today what our hope is in. And there on there is the two scriptures that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Romans 15, 13, you can go to there now. But it's all about where we get our hope from, and what we're supposed to do with our hope. And in my mind, I see some of you out there that you have it in your purse, in your wallet. And maybe in the morning you pull it out and it just reminds you the importance of hope and that you can be hope and where I can get hope from and how I can live a life that is so full of hope. Go to Romans with me, uh, 15, 13. Romans 15, 13. May the God of what? He's a God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Not in the job, not economy, but I trust in God. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There he's saying, all right, when I trust in God, when God becomes my hope, it's not about out there, it's not about this thing, it's not about that friend, but instead, God, you are the source of my hope. He begins to fill me up, but he doesn't just take it at full. He overflows, so now the extra hope that I have, I can now flow into whoever is around me. It just spills on people. I walk, I bump into you, and I'm like, oh, I got hope all over you. I'm sorry, yeah, it's on your shirt now. I don't know what to do with it. You know, I, 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 th I think spray and wash takes that out. I've got hope flowing out of every part of my being, and this is what you and I were called to do. See, the world has no hope. They live in a hopeless world where there's no, no, etern there's no eternity, there's no nothing. You're just going to live your life and die one day, but we are the ones to go into the world and show them what hope looks like. Wherever, come on, church, wherever I go, I can give a spark of hope. And, well, pastor, what do I do when I have no hope? Number one, give hope, and you get hope. I love that. Give hope, and I get hope. In the rookie, he gave some hope, and it even filled him up later talking about it. And for you and I, you're like, man, I, nothing's going my way, and you feel hopeless. And I'm telling you this. If you walk by somebody, and on the bottom of all of yours, I gave you ways to give somebody hope. 
motivate someone, love on someone, encourage someone, fist bump somebody, build somebody up. You go into your day and I give somebody some hope over here. Ooh, that felt good. And I give somebody some hope over there and it feels good. And all of a sudden, my hope comes from giving people hope. And now I hope that today is great and it begins to become great because I'm giving hope because God says, I will not be mocked. Whatever you sow, you will reap. If I sow hope enough, I begin to reap a harvest of hope and I get filled up with the hope that I need. And now I'm overflowing. It's in God's cycle of hope, living a life. And I, I'm very good at giving hope except for to the food industry people. That's the only place I struggle. You know, my stories are. But I decided two weeks ago, I'm like, no more, Pastor Scott. Be better. You can give hope to everybody. Even when they give me horrible service, I can be better. And so that's been my goal. And it's been a very trying two weeks, but I'm coming through it. On Thursday, me and Mama went to a Mexican food restaurant. We show up to Mexican food. Mom's already laughing because she knows the story. She was there at the store. Right? We show up. We sit down. And we sat for an unreasonable amount of time before anyone ever came over. Right? And the waitress comes over. Tammy was her name. And so Tammy comes over. And she's like, uh, let me take your drink order. And so Mama ordered her tea. I ordered Mexican Coke. Because you can't have Mexican food without a Coke. Amen? It, what makes the Mexican food amazing? <laughs> And a, and a water. I get both so that I don't drink as much Coke as I don't need. And so I, I order both. And then I said to her, I said, oh, can they bring our chips and salsa? And she looked at me, she goes, they're on their way. And I'm like, okay, well, strike one for you. And so <laughs> off she goes. Now a long time goes by. We never get, we still have no chips and salsa. We have no drink for a long time until finally I, I, I grab one of the bus people. I say, hey, can you please bring some chips and salsa? And they brought us some chips and salsa. So we began to eat the chips and salsa. And uh, now, whoo, I'm a little thirsty. <laughs> I still have no drink. So now here she comes over finally. She's like, okay, can I take your order? And I say to her, I say, oh, before that, can you, uh, can we bring our, you know, our drinks? And she looked at me, she goes, They'll be here when they get here. And I'm like, I said, well, I'm gonna give you another strike real quick. And so I went, okay. And so I'm smiling, I'm happy Scotty. And so I, I get my order and, and off she goes, long time goes. Now I'm so thirsty, I'm telling my mom, I'm like, I, you ask her, I told her, I'm like, I'm gonna go out front because I saw a green hose. I'm gonna get a drink. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm so thirsty. She comes over with my mom's iced tea, puts it down, and she goes, oh, we're out of Mexican Coke. Can I get you something else? And I'm like, I would drink out of an old man's sock right right now. I, I'm like, well, uh, yeah, how about just a regular Coke and a water if you bring that. And she's like, okay, and off she goes. Our food now, she brings our food. And I say, oh, can I get a drink? And she goes, it's coming. And I'm like, is this like Jesus coming? Is the rapture like, like no one knows? Two were in the field, drink showed up for one, one didn't get a drink. How are we doing this thing? Because it's not showing up. My mom finishes half her food. Finally, she brings me a water. No Coca-Cola. I'm not complaining because now I got, and I just downed as much. But I had to, like, can't, I had to ration it because I know I may never get water again. <laughs> she comes over. She gives the, the bill. And she goes, I didn't charge you for the Coke. She didn't bring the Coke. Like, you could say that about it. I didn't charge you for the car I never gave you, too. There's a lot of things you didn't charge. Like, you, you didn't give me. 
I wanted so badly just to tell her in a pastorally way that you're horrible. And like, I wanted in a nice way, in a pastor, I did. I wanted to just say, hey, be better. Like, you could do better. But what came out of me is I looked at Tammy and I just said, you know, I, I, I just am amazed at what a great job that you've done today. I said, you got a lot of people on you and a lot of people are all trying to get it. But I'm just watching and I'm like, you're, you're, you're great at this. You're gifted at this. And I think you're doing a great job. And she got a smile on her face. Yeah, thank you. And off she went. And, and you're like, what's the moral of the story? Lie. That's the moral. You just lie. <laughs> just tell people lies. <laughs> but you know what? People hear enough about the bad things in their life and how bad they're doing. And the world wants to be the voice of telling you everything that's wrong with you. Why cannot we not be the Christians and the people who tell people the little good in their life and give them hope in whatever they're doing and encourage them? Because that's what she needs. She needs some encouragement. She needs some love. She needs a different job. She needs some stuff. Oh, my Lord. Go with me to Psalms 119. So number one is give hope, get hope. Number two is we saw in Romans 15, 13, that God is my hope. I love that, that God is the source of my hope. And number three, Psalms 119, 114. You are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your word. That's why those scriptures are on there, because when you begin to feel hopeless, I wanted to remind you that in God's word is hope for every circumstance that you're going through. The doctor said one thing, but Jesus says, by his stripes, you've been healed. And it's that hope that activates your faith that begins to attract to you the miracle that you need in your life. When you grew up and you're like, I don't have a daddy, he says, yeah, but I'm the father to the fatherless. And that may be all the hope that you need to heal the broken heart and the stuff that's on the inside of you. Well, I don't know if I can pass this test, but he says, I will give you wisdom if you ask for it, and I'm giving you the mind of Christ. And maybe that's all the hope that you need, the faith to bring the answers into your world that you need. Every circumstance in your life, anytime you feel stopped and I'm not moving, you remind yourself, you pull out your ticket and go, wait a second, God's my hope. He's my hope. His word. Okay, let's, let's Google some things that I need right now. Right, I'm hurting right now. Okay, let me Google that. I'm lonely right now. Let me Google scriptures on that. And I begin to turn to God's word. The last breakup that I had before Holly, I laying in bed, looking up at the ceiling, listening to Tiffany, what could have been. <laughs> just cried here, right? Just, I'm broken. I have no hope because I wasted a year and a half of my life, right, on this thing, and I have nothing, right? And I looked over, and my mom always, like, no matter what I did with it, she always put my little Bible right by my bed. And I saw that little guy, and I'm like, hey, friend. And so I, I, I grabbed him, and I did what I often did. I'm like, all right, God, give me something. And I just opened it up. And it opened up to, to Proverbs 31. Never read that before. I never even heard of it. I just didn't. And I began to read Proverbs 31 when it describes a great woman, a great wife. And I went, okay, God, that's what you have for me. You have a Proverbs 31. I'll never date anybody except for a Proverbs 31 woman again. And it gave me a spark of hope on the inside of me. And four days later at church, I, I met Holly. We've been together almost 28 years now. <laughs> Tiffany gave me no hope. How many people know that? No hope at all from Tiffany. But God's word 
gave me the spark of hope that I needed to get back on the path of getting the relationship that God had for me. I was on Hermosa Vista in 2010, pulled off on the side, and I was broke. I'd lost everything, lost every, everything. I was gone, lost it all financially when the, in the real estate crash. And I was broke, talking to my wife, and she says to me, she's, uh, she says, God will restore everything that the enemy has stolen from you. And it was that little bit of word, that scripture that she gave to me is all I needed to give a spark on the inside that, yeah, the enemy's got to pay me back. And the next day, literally, I started the knife company that I still have today. And I'm doing better than I was in 2010. But it had to be God's word that gave me the motivation. It had to be God's word that said, win, Rocky, win. That got me motivated to step out and do some stuff, to get out of my junk, stop being stopped in life, but instead to go forth into the glory that God had for my life. He's got glory for everybody that is in here. All you need is a little bit of hope. God's Word will give you hope. God's Word will fill you up. It gives you everything that you need. That God is for me. Who cares who's against me? If He's working with me, all things are going to work out to good. God, I give you my life. You are my hope. Come on, somebody in this house. You are my hope. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's my hope. He's all the hope you need. He's all the hope you need. You know, he's always been there for me. And he'll always be there for you. And if hope is one of those areas that you struggle with, which is most people, I encourage you, keep that little lottery ticket. Keep that somewhere. Pull it out and remind yourself, okay, God's my hope. I give hope. And the word of God gives me hope. Okay. And now, rather than being the Rocky, remember he was just sitting doing nothing. The spark of hope got him moving towards conquering the giant that was in front of him. But it's good for us to know that there are people that don't have what we have. And you know what they need desperately from you and I? They don't need criticism. They don't need to find out what's wrong with their life. They just need hope. And you and I have to be the ones that are overflowing with that hope. Because the only Jesus they may see is the Jesus working through you and me. And we want to be that Jesus in the office, in the workplace, with our children, with our parents, with our co-workers, or with our employees. Wherever I go, I have determined in my life that I will give hope. I'll leave a bunch of hope in my wake wherever I go. And that should be our challenge as a church this week. Give hope. See how good it feels when you add some hope to somebody's life. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, we had a good time. Oh, it was amazing. What a great message. We're going to continue this conversation on our daily Bible study. And we would love for you to join us for that. Go to YouTube, type in daily Bible study, and you're going to find us. We come up first. We're the number one daily Bible study in the world on YouTube. We're going to do a morning scripture. We're going to pray over your day. We're going to talk more about this message. We want you to go there and subscribe to this. You're going to love it. You know that God wants you blessed so that you can be a blessing. It's not about the world's way where you accumulate the with and it's all about me, but instead it's about you being blessed so that on any occasion, as Corinthians talks about, that I can be a blessing. And that is what Think Like a Billionaire, Become a Billionaire is all about. It is about the favor of God working in your life so that you don't have to chase money. Remember the Bible says that God's blessings will run you down. So how do you create an environment that attracts God's best into your life? God says, I wish that my people would have prosperity. He delights in your prosperity, and prosperity isn't just money, it's every good thing. 
And so this book is all about getting all the good things that God has for your life. You can get this on Amazon and most bookstores all over the United States and in also in Korea. Nice. This book is in Korea. Anyway, we want to pray. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity. Say this prayer after us. Believe it, you have it. It's not about following a list of rules, but the Bible says whosoever believes. If you're whosoever and you believe today, you can get saved and your eternity changed. Say this prayer after me. Dear Father, I ask you right now, come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for all of my sins and was raised from the dead. I believe that I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we just love to have you partner with us. You know, this life-changing word, it's changing the whole world. And you can join us on that mission of distributing this media all over the planet and making a difference. Go to wakeuptv.tv and uh, click the donate button. Join the team. Don't forget to find a great church if you don't have one. Get planted. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord, you're going to flourish. God wants you to flourish. And so we encourage you. I think one of the best things you can do for yourself and for your family is to be in church once a week, just like Jesus was. Remember that this is the day that the Lord hath made. Come on, let's rejoice and be glad in it. See you next Sunday.